Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fun headline right out of the get-go, you guys. Uh, oat milk has caused the dairy industry to lose $1 billion in revenue in 2018. <laughs> Good. Maybe they'll stop abusing cows now. Yeah. Right? I'm not, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I'm half on board with that. I like oat milk first off. Or, I'm sorry, oat drink. Oat you know, drink? You know that there's palm oil in it, though. Oh, that's not good. And all of it? And every single brand? I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I fr- from, uh, in like, in the barista corner, what I'm mm-hmm. hearing is that, yeah, you shouldn't probably be drinking it every day i just trust them because but kids love it it's swedish um oh, kids love milk and ketchup it's disgusting no. chicken tenders can i have ketchup to dip this in spaghetti with butter on it spaghetti with ke- ketchup you mean sketty okay red sauce oh also red sauce. also known as, known as a st louis style spaghetti oh everyone's is that what it's known it's just spaghetti and butter and Oh, no, just spaghetti noodles with ketchup on oh, it. Oh, spaghetti and ketchup and butter. Or no, I'm sorry, like country crock margarine. That's a honey boo-boo mama recipe. Ah, oh, Christ. Chachi. Chachi, chachi. Um, anyways, I do think it's funny because the way everyone was losing their shit over almond milk, say, like five years ago, mm. flying off shelves, you know, now it's funny because now you can find it everywhere. No one wants it because we want the oat milk, goddammit. Next, next will be the breast milk. Ooh. Oh, that'd be nice, huh? People, people are already, uh, you yeah. know. But it's going it to be like face. different kinds of breasts, like like botanical <laughs> breasts. Like what kind of tree grows tits that we can make milk drink out of? But you don't think they'll harvest women eventually? I'm pretty sure they would. Didn't? that? Don't they already? Yeah. In some places. You know what? That should that should be a use for all of us non-child barren ladies yeah what else are we good for nothing well i mean they they need to harvest the milk (laughs) they need to put us on a milk to pasture you know this is also that's kind of a milk thing (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry one ticket for the andrea wallace one woman show please oh my god (laughs) called (laughs) milkmaid (laughs) (laughs) but m-a-d Speaking of not having kids, today's topic. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I know. Uh, l- let it let it be known we are all non-childbearing women. Um a lot of us on the fence about whether or not I think we're even going to do it. So I don't even know if there are any potential mothers <laughs> in the room. Don't know. It's turning out it's not up to me much longer. So I thought today, come on, why not? Especially after I was at the Ace Hotel just watching kids just rule the fucking poolside deck. You know, those kids run around. I'll tell you what, the Ace Hotel, every time you're there, it's just pit bulls and babies. 
just all of us like sounds like a reality TV it's show I watch. Ridiculous because you've got all the non-child owning people like me who brings their half pitbull breed to the pool, and then the other folks with like full on like I just got him out of the shelter yesterday. Not sure about his temperament, but let's go to the Ace Hotel. <laughs> well, like the hipster lifeguard that was there, who's just oh. like mustache, red hair, long hair, full like. 70s lifeguard dude, a super skinny rail. Some like eight year old comes tearing by and he just goes, Don't run. <laughs> like, like, hey, don't run. It was like he couldn't have said it softer. Couldn't have said it softer. And can you imagine this guy tearing up a fight between a pit bull and a baby, an unmonitored baby? Anyways. It just got me to thinking, guys, you know, this is this is a episode rife for the picking, uh, ripe for the picking. Kids, kids in restaurants, you yeah. know, don't it's... do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> Vinegar and oil. Kind uh, of. I think one good thing is if you are bringing your child to a restaurant to give them something they can do to occupy their of time. Course, of course. I mean, I was a little adult since I was like three and would love to just like have conversation with people, which isn't a normal child, but no, that's really what you should do. I wanted to read this cause yeah. Rory Scovel's a hilarious comedian and he's got a kid and he posted this the other day and I, I couldn't agree more. I'll pull this up. That's all caps. Please stop bringing your kids to restaurants just so you can put a fucking screen in front of them. Include them. Talk to them. Also, side note, if you put a screen in front of your child without headphones, my God, who the fuck do you think you are? It's a great question. I could not agree with that more. I think so many times it's like if you want to have a nice dinner, you should include your child in that and, and talk to them because then they grow up to not be able to talk to other people and they stare at their phone and they don't give you good eye contact and they don't know how to carry on conversation. I can't tell you how many kids that I meet at 13, 14, 15 who can't like grammatically speak correctly. Oh, a lot of kids I'm hearing are get really mad when their parents ask them to write. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a new thing happening too because everything's touch. Yeah, we don't even know. The technology hasn't even been around long enough to even really see the long-term effects of what this does to somebody. But (laughs) I can tell you it makes me sad. It makes me so sad to see. And last time I was at the Ace, there were so many kids there and we were at dinner and there was these two parents with two kids each kid had a screen on and we're just watching and kind of eating. Nobody's talking. It's, it's, it's very strange. Well, then you've got the other side where it's like the fucking parents are like on their phone the whole time and right. the kids are running around the restaurant, not Ugh, being watched. Right. By well, I think destroying things, of course. And I think, I think we'll just, we'll just go down this topic by topic, you know? And first of all, I thought it would be funny to recall, uh, Jocelyn, if I recall, you didn't get to go out to restaurants too much as a kid. No, I I uh, I behaved badly in a Denny's, and my parents said uh, you're never going out to eat again until you're, you know, sixteen. And they stuck to it, <laughs> pretty much. Wow. I mean, also it's a money, you know, in my mom's opinion, it's a waste of money to go out to eat. Um, but I I I was banished. <laughs> um, but as a, as a, I mean, I've obviously have opinions on this because I was a nanny and a waitress mm-hmm. often at the same time, both in yeah. Chicago and New York. So as someone that would get money from a parent and say, you guys can go out to eat, it'd be like, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, yeah. I think it's the most selfish thing you can do because the fact is you want to eat the food. Yeah. 
There are a few places that are like, we have tater tots and chicken tenders, and that's the vibe, right? Yeah, so kids' you, menus and crayons. That's, you get that vibe from certain places, but there's plenty of places in a big city that don't have that vibe because they don't want to have that vibe. Mm-hmm. But then you butt in, and you bring your kid, and you stick a screen in front of them, and you, you know, it's, you're affecting everybody else's experience. When in actuality, you could just order the food to go, Go home and slap some mac and cheese in front of your kid, and they'll be way happier. Kids don't want to go out to eat. No kid is like, oh, mommy, I'd like chicken cordon bleu tonight from Chez Francis. Like, nobody. I I, would, I, I, was, I loved being fancy when me, I was a kid I was, and being allowed to go out to eat because, and I knew I had to be on my best behavior, mm-hmm. and I knew that I got to like participate, and that my parents would pay attention, and we'd be, we'd be. That's because you're good parents. I'm also, talking about some jackass, well, you yeah. know. Also, well, we well, I grew up it's in a changed. Where That's we, why, yeah. And I was talking to Brian about this the other day. Like, we didn't fucking eat, sit down, and eat at the table. Together. Oh, we did every night. We every like night. same here. You know, we were like eat when you can. My dad worked nights, so he was like never really around, and like we ate. In front of the tv like a ton it was just like if there was a term for being like being i suppose like a latchkey kid that was kind of my childhood right so when we did go out to eat there was like the nice place like it was called luigi's it was in stockton california and we would like go and we could have like fucking shirley temples and ribs and it was and we all had to be on our best behavior or we'd be fucking dead first of all like if you misbehave that's it You're well done. yeah you, you can't go to the car children and in sit. public anymore so mm. that that thread of like my dad's death look that he used to give us <laughs> meant like shut it down immediately or you'll be shut down um people don't really do that anymore it's more like and and hey it's it's right to be like honey what are you feeling but also take that shit home take that shit home i was an only child so any i was immersed in adulthood very early on your parents are older my mom yeah my mom and dad were both older and we went to an all-inclusive resort in jamaica when i was very young and my dad immediately was like no, I don't want to be here. I don't want to stay here because it's it's all families and tons of kids. And it was so he found another all inclusive place right down the road. And but nobody was allowed under the age of 18. So I had to meet with the restaurant manager and the manager of the hotel, just me by myself to Terrifying. sort of prove that I was not like gonna tear the place apart. Were and you then so I scared? and no, I was just like I was like interview ready. <laughs> And, and then, it, but it was well, awesome been groomed for your whole life. At yeah. This point. But it was also awesome because then all of, you know, like all the bartenders made me like uh, virgin uh, banana daiquiris and the waiters like talked to me and, and it was, I, I was like a little like, you know, anomaly. Yeah. I was the only child there, but it was great because my, it was like you were, I was immersed in the culture. So you almost had to like buck up or yeah, cry and sit in your bedroom. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's like to be a child star. I mean, you had the makings <laughs> and you fucking did it. And I Jamaica. never got there. Yeah. For, for us, I mean like it's also, it's a parenting thing. It was just like you little fucking slobs we are going out on your grandparents' dime, all right? You know, like, they're going to throw down the big money. Mom and dad don't get to eat prime rib very often, so don't fucking ruin it for us. You know, we would go, it would, oh, it was called, like, the, oh, I can't think of what it's called, but it was a very, very famous, like, along, along uh, Lake Superior somewhere in the thumb of Michigan, and it was, you know, this very, it was a big deal to get invited by my grandparents to go. It was an elite dining establishment. And it was boring because I just remember it's like, 
you would just hear the cocktail hour piano music and you'd be like, this is going to be so boring. But you know what? I'd have great little conversations with my grandma. She was so funny. And it was more or less just like if you could hold it together till a bread basket came, everything ended up being okay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Get some bread and then I knew there was, I would because they would let me get a prime rib. And I would fucking take down a piece of prime rib. It's very exciting. Oh, so exciting. But yeah, so I mean, I think that's just the difference now is children are viewed from the minute they're born as full-fledged little people. Um, and it's like, I don't know. I mean, I respect their individuality and their creativity and all that stuff. But like in a restaurant? <laughs> so I found, uh, I found a list of basically, you know, they... They did some polling to the general public, to parents and non-parents. Um, what are places that are okay, you know, to bring your kids? Like, what's what's the best for parents and the kid? You know, taking that into account, not just like, uh, what's best for you as a parent? What's not going to stress you out? So obviously, like, uh, theme parks, beaches, supermarkets, pools, you know, a department store, fine church. Of course, kids are getting dragged to church. The library's a great place as long as your kids, you know, know that it's shh, quiet time in the library. Well, they all have kids sections and they usually have like Reading craft projects and stuff. You know, but the, pl toys. the places where it starts to get really dicey, where I think most grown adults would agree is not an appropriate place for kids to be showing up. Uh, the worst place would be... <laughs> If you bring your kid to work, but absolutely, you know, at the top of the list is, is restaurants and or adult dinner parties, um, a place where it's so like, or like a sporting event or like a sports bar with a big game. Cause that's the new thing too. It's not just restaurants, bars. It's like parents bringing their little kids to bars has become a such them, a new yeah. trend. If they serve food, there's a cutoff time. It's usually like eight or 9 PM. And most of them, it's illegal for the kids to actually sit at, at the, the bar. bar. Of course. Most yes. States. That part. But it, it, in Brooklyn, particularly, it was more of the food serving type spots that had like especially like an outdoor patio, like this place called Greenwood Heights, which was a new bar that opened a few years before I left. But they had to instate um, a rule that kids not allowed after 8 p.m. because they were there till all hours. And you have to start to think like, OK, that really cuts into like true adult only time. When you're like, do you have to be a certain age to even be in here? Like, why does this baby get a yeah, pass? Just like, who has like kids at like a bar and grill like after like 10 p.m. anyway? I know, but you would yeah. see it because it was um, because the outdoor patio, it was in their mind free babysitting. They would have stay for a third or a fourth and just next thing you know, you're over there with your friends and the kids because it was that uh, pea gravel type floor situation next thing you know you're getting pelted in the head by three-year-olds like who think they're on a playground and you're getting pea gravel thrown at you or it's like your drinks are being knocked over and it was just such a scourge because they're like oh it's like a giant playpen because it was a big enclosure and so I mean they had to full-on be like sorry Park Slope parents you guys you guys have to finish up the kids have to go to bed like, like regular kids took over the asylum in that one for a little bit Dude. and, they, like, and shut it, it down. Ugh, it was such a bummer because like I get everyone's excited that oh my god another big outdoor bar in Brooklyn because there aren't that many but you're just like god damn dude like get your kids home I'm sorry I get it you're stressed you want to stay and drink your face off 
but like, oh my God, like bars get dangerous for grown people. It's so you true. Know? Frogtown Brewery here allows kids and it's a big, it's known. So, you know, I think what it's come to now is like, you will know as a patron going into it that like, this is a place where kids are allowed and like, this is what you're getting yourselves into. And obviously the staff and the owners have all agreed, but it's still, it's very tough. And which is obviously what we're going to get, you know, down to the nitty gritty is like having to manage like a table, a section, and also sort of, sort of fucking babysit other people's kids or rally them or have to reprimand them and be like, don't, or like, don't run. I've told hundreds of kids to stop running. Yeah. For you sure. know, like in my career of, of, of waiting tables, I've seen kids fall down. I've seen kids cry. I've seen kids run into servers, carrying food and tr- plates being dropped. Oh, one you thing know? I can guarantee you is if a kid walks in a restaurant, there will be shit all over the floor. Five seconds later. Oh God. <laughs> It like, is like Cookie Monster. A box of Cheerios oh, somehow is under man. the table. It's just like everything. Everything has been stepped on and crunched up into the tiniest, tiniest size possible, and it's scattered all underneath them. It's like a, you know, let's get like a special cleanup crew to come over and and mop up when those kids leave. You just see the the buster's face just start to fall. Ugh. You know when they look at like I don't even like the adjective like like. Uh, or the verb like pulverized like how do they yeah. get it the food and everything on the table into such a fine dust and some kids are really good at the restaurant and they're fine it's it's the parents that don't know how to read or take care of their children and cause a disruption and rather than like parents like letting their kid cry it out at the table instead of picking them up and taking them outside and talking to them you know it's definitely it's just it's it's consideration Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's a huge thing with me. I can't believe people are inconsiderate. I try to be as considerate as possible to others. And I feel that it's it's difficult to be a parent. I get it. You're hungry. You deserve to eat, too. But you can also eat that meal at home. You can take it to go. You can have it delivered. Your kid wants to go to sleep. Your kid they wants do. to eat macaroni and cheese. Like, they're going to have two bites anyway, you know? as a server did you have tricks that you used to you know like like walk me maybe through a flow of being like oh the kids food in immediately okay that's a great that's a great tip what's this kid eating let me put it in Mm -hmm. i don't want any reason for this kid to get bored or to move around my section Right. I, and I, I also feel like as a server, as much as you're like, oh, God, gross, don't avoid them. Get up there and get their service started ASAP. Can I also interject before uh, about like putting the kids food in first? Now, that can happen. But when a parent looks at a kid who hasn't yet learned to speak and says, I tell the lady what you want to eat, <laughs> little Tyler. I'll just keep using Tyler. Kubrick. For Kubrick. Kubrick. Tell the nice lady what you want to eat. And Kubrick doesn't know what the fuck to say. Or even a kid that can kind of talk, but like they shouldn't be making these decisions anyway. And it's just like ticking times ticking by. And this kid has to tell you. I know. And you're sitting here going like, oh my God, like the orders and the, my to-do list is piling, piling up while I'm sitting here trying to get a goddamn word out of this kid. Yeah, this kid's not telling me shit. Um, but yes, that, that is one main thing I will say is get that food in. And you know what? As a parent, I don't care if you're bringing some outside food for that kid. Smart. Fine. Do it. They are not going to order anything really off our menu 
anyways. I'm not looking at them as a cover, you know, where I'm like, ooh, big money. That's like, she, oh, I bet they're going to put in $25 worth of food for this kid. It's like, yeah, if you're smart, you got like some snacks up in that diaper bag of yours and you just put that out and start feeding them right away. I enjoyed that about my, uh, my brother and his wife is they had some stuff that Sage wanted to eat while we did a big family meal. Yep. And uh, she was... Happy as a little Perfect. clam. Yeah. Read your kid. Read your kid. Right. That stuff, you know, engage with them. Whatever you have to do. <laughs> I mean, it's right. And and we we all, like, it was so fun. We were all playing and enjoying time with her. But it didn't take away also from us being adults at the same time. But, you know, for us, it's just so delightful, too, because it's, like, it's the only kid in our family right yeah. now. Don't make me repeat the specials of the day to your two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, they should just, it's almost like they should just be taken care of by the parent in a weird way. Obviously, up until they reach an age where they um, are truly hungry and, and you know, I mean, I'm just. for themselves. Exactly. They truly are craving that, that whitefish special. Here's a story oh, from God. this Reddit thread about the worst people you've waited on. <laughs> no. This is from six years ago, so it's it's a while back. Uh, I bartended a hotel restaurant. We had a family staying for a few days. The adults order round after round of Long Islands one evening. Oh, no. Letting their children run. Parentheses, there's a special place in hell for folks that let their kids do this, truly. Then proceed to change an infant's diaper on the table. God. With a full restaurant. Guests around them trying to enjoy the dinner, and they did it again the next <gasps> night. That one's pretty wild. Another person... OMFG, when little kids are running around my feet when I'm carrying hot plates and drinks, mayhem. Especially if one of those fuckers runs into my feet when it becomes my fault if anything spills. Parents can be incredibly entitled. Another person just said, small, loud, uncontrollable children. This is a thing, you guys. If you are a parent who's never been a server and you're listening to this, truly try and heed some advice. It's not just us being shitty and making it about like the money where we're like oh well, we don't make any money off kids please please when we've talked about how dangerous it is for us as adults in this environment all the ways in which we have hurt ourselves we've burned ourselves we've mm -hmm. cut ourselves we've tripped we've fall the whole fallen the whole thing it is like a kid could get killed in a restaurant if you are not paying attention yeah a heavy platter could fall on that kid's head any second right like or when Aaron uh, like one of our guests Aaron was like I dumped like steaming hot like cheddar beer soup or something on a kid and he's you know because a kid ran into him and it's like we are doing a circus act and you are throwing obstacles underneath our feet you may as well dump over a jar of marbles you know <laughs> seriously letting kids run loose is the craziest worst thing you can do as a parent i am not like not only do you like you're clueless but you are making it so fucking dangerous for your kid i definitely have friends who have dumped like full alcoholic drinks on children before yes <laughs> And I mean, you, you know, at the end of the shift, as long as no one got hurt and no one called the police or tried to get you fired, then you're kind of like, ha ha, stupid kid. It's a real comedy of errors. It's a real comedy of errors. But I mean, it's terrifying. I don't want to hurt anyone's kid, but you are putting us all in such an insane position. I've absolutely have to reprimand like parents who come into your section and then they all of a sudden decide they need another fucking table pulled over on to like make a, a huge giant table for their kids just to bounce all around and me being like absolutely no, not. This is my, no I'm this sorry. is forty dollars. Will is you give space. me forty dollars? Mm -hmm. Then no. That table costs forty fucking dollars. Yeah. 
Truly, forty. Yeah. Well, for one cover, yeah. like for maybe this hour and a half, yeah. that's like I mean, a forty dollar tip. Right well, there. you know, when we worked at Bad Dog Tavern, that was right across mm-hmm. the street from the Old Town School of Folk Music, and they yeah. had like fucking Wiggle Worms classes, which you know, great. First of all, like kids are great. I love kids, but it's like, of course, I like do. I've giant... been a nanny taking the kids to the music class. Yeah, and it's fun <laughs> and it's great. But like when the moms decide to like have a lunch or whatever, and all band together, and like ten strollers come in at one time, and they want like five tables pushed together, and it's fucking chaos. Then it's a lot. Then it's too much yeah I think it's too much too because it's like if it's just you and your kid you you can kind of keep it low-key when it is just all the kids suddenly like it does go off the rails and I'm like I don't think it's fun for you as an adult to even be having lunch at that point because just everything's gonna you know if you ever watch like a kid I watch this happen all the time too and don't don't get me wrong dumb clumsy adults and drunk people can do this too but like I just feel like you go by a table and like a kid will just knock over a big glass of water which then soaks the plate with all the food on it and I just it's just moms like lifting up like soaked sandwiches and soaked napkins everything's a mess and then they just and then it's when they leave it's like a tornado run through the restaurant right and then the kids are like I want the booth you know why so they can jump on it because apparently it's a giant jump castle (laughs) bouncy house bouncy house bounce house well all right so here's the thing we feel you as servers dude it's a really it's a tough thing you know if you are a restaurant that's equipped and you know known for being welcoming to kids i salute you. you i think that's awesome and i think that's great as a parent to kind of Nowhere to go, which is going to be, you know, because there are the in-between places where you're like, hell yeah, they've got a chopped salad that I love, but they've also got some things to keep my kid happy. Great. I think for the super fine dining situations, get a babysitter, my friend, Mm -hmm. or bring a little four-course meal for your little shithead. Or bring your nanny. Bring your nanny if you're Seat him at a different table. Bring the nanny. Keep Let him in the car. In the car. So please remember that <laughs> we are servers. We are not your um, babysitters and or nannies. And we also are servers. We're not monsters. Of course. And we are just trying. Just please remember, I like. I do think it's just important to realize that it's like we have a ton of other people to keep happy. And it can be very, very challenging and difficult to have to do the 15,000 trips and run your ass off uh, to keep a table with kids super happy. And it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm just. I mean, I loved going out to restaurants so much when I was a kid that like we'd we'd play restaurant when we were kids. Oh, I played restaurant every day. It was like the coolest. You'd be like, I'm the bartender. I'm going to serve you your food. And then when we were actually there, I like I thought being a server was like fucking amazing. I loved it. Very much. So it can be this like really amazing learning experience for kids. Jen's got that ad shrimp money. <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> this I was like, like <laughs> they were there were friends from Mad- in from out of town. I was like, we can add shrimp today, right, babe? Don't let them know. <laughs> let them know we're shrimp people. <laughs> Dude, but I was I was at you I know. Love that you guys love the fried Oh, God. Uh, I'll definitely check it out. First of all, let's take a, a moment to welcome our Sidework podcast guest, Jen Kirkman. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think one of the biggest letdowns is when you're at a restaurant or in a situation where you're like, this menu's so reasonable. And you're like, the Caesar salad's only $12. But, and then it's like, add protein for $17. And I you're know. Like, you're like a $35 no. salad. Ugh. And then add avocado and it's like another five on top of it. Well, if Trump Looney Tunes shuts down the border, avocados are going to go MIA. Millennials yes. are going to have a fucking oh, field yeah. day and burn Ma- everything down. 
Watch out, Trump. They're going to show up uh, at the fucking polls. <laughs> you know, down dry the toast and throw it at you. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just yeah. chili oil on toast. What am I supposed to do? Well, just chili oil and Himalayan sea salt. And some microgreens? It's disgusting. You're going to have to come up with some sort of soylent avocado. Yeah, exactly. I bet they will. Yeah, so Jen, uh, it's so exciting to have you on the podcast here. We've all been buddies for a bit now. You've met Andrea, I think, a ways back uh, at one of our comedy shows Mm -hmm. and out and about. And as we've told, uh, we, we were on a show last week and told the booker, we were like very extreme. We're like, we met in Australia. <laughs> we did not meet on domestic um, land. We're not just friends that met in one of these other cities, you like LA or New York. Down under, the story is not true. <laughs> no, we did. We did. We did. Great. We, we just, did. yeah, it does sound so obnoxious. <laughs> we does. met in Australia. Yeah, Jen and I, yeah, we, we gallivanted around Melbourne. Um, and it's really weird that we had never met prior to flying literally around the world it makes no sense but i guess i had left new york before i don't know if before you got there or just we didn't meet when i was in new york definitely left new york before i got there okay i was there yeah i was already set in sights i'm like who are these la people making waves and it's like oh the people who were in new york making waves and now they got the pass to leave you know right 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 you have to do your time in new york and then la is like come on in yeah yeah but uh, we're not here to talk about those accolades. No, not those days. <laughs> no, not at all. We, uh, as you know, this is a podcast about the job we love to hate, which is mm-hmm. waitressing. So please feel free to um, delve into the world of where you got your start, uh, donning the apron. Well, I feel like such a fraud. I was telling you <laughs> off air that I'm like the Ivanka Trump of waitressing <laughs> because my daddy got me a bunch of waitressing jobs, not to brag oh. everybody. So my dad's a greenskeeper of a golf course, like picture Bill Murray and Caddyshack. Yeah, and perfect. I, my sister, in Boston, right? Yeah, outside of, outside Boston, of Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. And my sisters and I all worked in the clubhouse, but it wasn't, we would cater waiter on the weekends at night, your weddings, your whatnot. And I love, cater waitering is my favorite. I don't really? like the other kind. Yeah. No one likes it. You're the only one so far. I love it because it's routine. I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to sell them a thing. Yeah. The tips aren't as good because they're static and it's always been 15% where I came from. But I used to pick up a little side job where um, I would help the bartender with the plastic, put the plastic glasses together and I'd. I'd bust the tables and I'd get a little extra from oh, his tip we jar. Like the plastic champagne The glasses. plastic champagne glasses. Yeah, you'd very pop, classy. You'd pop the stem onto the flute. Oh, so great. So <laughs> that sounds sexual. It does. <laughs> Put that steam like in I was very young. Early age. And, then we were, and then I worked in the grill room, which is where the members Ooh. were. And the worst days was public day because it was... It's a lower, it's a middle oh, like class a, country like club. Like a Caddyshack. Like, yeah. like some Boston <laughs> like local knuckleheads. Day. Yeah, it's like a, a middle class country club. And the, it's like the people that came in on public day thought, oh, this is how, in quotes, rich people act, which was basically they acted like jerks. Right. And like would throw the tip on the ground. What? And oh, crazy. <laughs> So I worked there. Bend over and get it. Took. Wow. And then Classism my, is fucked up. Bird, I know. And I'm like, they probably, I probably made more money than them as a waitress. Like yeah. in that weird way. They weren't even. So then after that, that was like my teenage years. And then after that, after I graduated from college, I got a job in Boston as a waitress. I lasted one day and then I quit. But throughout college, I worked in a restaurant in my hometown mm-hmm. um, called Maximilian's. My older sister Ooh. also worked there because she like. She was older than me, but she like left college, started again, went to night school in Boston. So mm-hmm. lived with my parents in the suburbs. And anyway, I was a terrible waitress there, but 
they loved me because I was nice and I was my sister's sister. She was like the star waitress. My last waitressing job was when I moved to LA. Yeah, I want to. Okay, yeah. yeah. And my dad, um, again, got me the job. He emailed one of his greenskeeper buddies. No shit. Yeah, who is a greenskeeper of... This is coastal. Of the um, is there, are coastal they union? elite. Are these guys union or greenskeeper? No. Ah. It's, it's like the Beverly Hills Country Club, but it's not called that. It's in Beverly Hills. I think it's called the Wilshire Country Club. It used to be restricted to the blacks and the Jews in the 80s. Reagan was a member. Mm-hmm. So I worked there. And it was 15% straight tip, no cash. But don't you get a slightly higher wage though when you were cater waitering? Um, perhaps yes. I feel like I made less than you minimum might, or wage. just get like an hourly and then an like hourly maybe plus. gratuity. So, I think I, I maybe got like seven fifty an hour and then fifteen mm-hmm. percent. But yeah. like back in the day, I was making like three fifty an hour and tips or right. whatever. But of course, classic waitressing. Yeah, but like the LA one was crazy, and I didn't realize that. I didn't really understand classism. I was the only white person on staff and the um which is fine with me, but the members were very confused and upset. And I remember a woman pulling me aside once and going, Couldn't dear, couldn't you catalog model or something? You're very pretty. <laughs> oh and she goes, Are your parents dead? Like basically how did this happen? She's like, you? Here, take my watch. I know. I was like, just give me money if you're so concerned. Right. But it was interesting because then like the Mexican busboys were like, Where's your man? Why doesn't he take care of you? Like no one understood. No one understood why you were there. Yeah. And that was like, I was like 28. I worked there to maybe like I was 30. And then I was like, I can't. It just it didn't make sense with comedy because it was a, more of a right. nighttime gig. But yeah. two years is a long time to like go through that. that and everybody get like acclimated to the fact that, yes, you are white and you work. Yeah, there. yeah. I changed some things. <laughs> I made it okay for white it. people to waitress. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. We were talking like in our in a last string of episodes that like this is must be the strange exception to the rule. Um, because like in a lot of scenarios where you're doing like fine dining or, you know, where you make cash hand over fist, um, at some of these hipster places, like the dining room floors reflect like total front of house white people. Even the, the cook line back of house is like all this like fratty white boy group where then yeah. you have, um, your Latinos kind of doing the garmange sort of stuff or busing or vice versa. But we, we were talking about the, um, the disparity of the equality where it's like, it is usually like this super like white washed industry. Yeah. But that is funny that they're like, what are you doing in this cater waiter position? Yeah, they were not happy. They wanted everyone waiting on them to be, they, it's just, everyone had their place. It was like, they were like, this makes us look bad as white people to have a white person waiting on us. Because we want to be assholes, but not to one of our own. It was really like, it was like the Jamaican guys were hosts. They were like, yeah, man, everyone have a good time. Like everyone was like playing up their race to entertain the white people. (laughs) And it was like the Asian waitresses and then the like Hispanic bus women and men. And yeah, it was, everyone had their role. It was like, it's a small world. And then I was just sticking out like a sore thumb and they, they were just upset. Oh, and Beverly Hills though is like, it's 15 miles away from here, but some, I I, I feel like it couldn't be further away from from reality just in general. Like I couldn't park my car in the regular lot with everyone else, which I took personally at first. I'm not allowed to in most situations. I had never seen that. So I was just taking it personally because I'd only worked (laughs) at places that I could drive to or walk to. Mm -hmm. So, I mean that I could walk to or, um, yeah, that I could walk to. So I was like, what? And they were like, well, just the employee parkings in the back. And I was like, they don't want to see my broken down Toyota. They don't want to see my 92 Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a busted out back window. I mean, it was, it, I kind of liked it because it did bring me back to childhood. We lived on the golf course. And I just remember at night when I was a little kid, the, the windows are open and it's summer and the smell of fresh cut grass. And then the golf club was, was really just a few hundred yards away. And you could hear 
people in Dying the 70s and, yeah. at weddings and you'd hear and I was like when I'm older I'm gonna dance to celebration and a wedding and it sounded fun and and so there was something very nostalgic about waitressing weddings and smelling the fresh cut grass and but it was interesting I mean I'd see a lot of people start drinking at a non non nights of parties just regular whatever nights just people drinking all day and into the night and just a lot of very um rich people that only just sit around drinking it's crazy but characters i love that smell of sambuca and cigarettes oh, oh i love it God. It's like dirty dancing feels going yeah on. really dirty dancing feels for sure <laughs> um, no jews allowed <laughs> no jews good god i mean now, now there were but you know right still had that it was very waspy I know. It's like, it's like, come on, white people. You don't understand. Like, Jews rule this country with the money. Like, get with it. Like, the Jews are in charge. Yeah, they know that. That's why That's they, they want to keep them out. You're right. Okay. I waited on Casper Weinberger. I don't quite remember what his job was in the Reagan administration, but he was in it. And they were having a closed door meeting about it was right before the second Iraq war. Mm. And they were having some private privates. And I was the waitress. And they were like, stand outside the door, and then they'll this stop like, talking. This is like Mar-a-Lago situation room Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah It 100% sure. was like 2003. They're like, you can just stand outside the door, and then when they're ready, they'll knock, and you'll come in. So I did, and Casper's saying something. He's like, well, I think what we should do with everything, and I don't know what he was saying. But they go, oh, Mr. Weinberger, you should probably wait until we're alone. He goes, she can't understand me anyway. He didn't even look up. Okay. I think he just assumed anyone waiting on me probably can't speak English. Meanwhile, even if I had been a, per a Mexican or whatever, everyone there spoke English. Yes. Everyone there was an American. It's fucking America and Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, everyone's actually multilingual. <laughs> yeah. And so they were like, um, maybe. And so then he looked at me and saw that I was white as the snow. And he was like, <clears throat> I'll just finish up here and we'll we'll continue after you're done. And I was like, okay. <laughs> the next news front page war starts in Iraq. I know. And then you're you're like in the background, like they're like boof. Then like Jen's in the background with her caterator oh, yeah. outfit. They still have those old timey cameras during the Iraq War. Of the course. Ones that went, poof. 2003. <laughs> yep. They weren't really up on the tech just yet. There was barely an iPhone. iPhones are only. My mom was, would get so mad with waiting for the poof to go off when we were kids. It was. We were at that crossroads, and when it was still, people were like, "We're just getting iPhones," but other people were just getting rid of the fucking gunpowder <laughs> cameras. Yeah, it was a very odd time. It was really hard to sync those two up. You know, it was trying trying try to take a selfie with a poof. One of my favorite moments there was at a wedding. This this wedding singer lady was hired to sing, and she was singing a bunch of you know the standards mm -hmm. but there was people that actually wrote those songs at the wedding at so i want to say paul anka i could be wrong oh my wow. god but i think he was there and she was about to sing one of his songs and she started hyperventilating and she was like um oh i'll, I'll, I'll be right i'll be right back and she just grabbed my hand and i was like i guess i'm doing this now i put my tray down and i was about to serve you know bread or something did you mic. get up and sing jen <laughs> no i love it <laughs> Everybody, I'm not shy. It had to be you. No. <laughs> I grabbed her. She wanted like some like a glass of water. Like I took her back into the kitchen. She needed you to get slap her, her, her and give her a bag to breathe into. Pretty much. I gave her a little sip of wine, a little like water on the forehead she, with a little rag. She went brought a dish, dirty dish rag. She went back out there. I said, you go get him. You go get him. He you wrote. I said, he wrote these songs for everyone to sing. That's what I said to her. Wow, Jen. Uh. <laughs> 
I think that's who I'm talking about. I could be talking about someone else. Like you would know if it was Burt Bacharach. It was Burt Bacharach. No, 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 no. It was Burt Bacharach. Okay. What's interesting though is I was going to be like, oh, I hope it was fucking Burt Bacharach because he's the hardest songs to sing in the goddamn universe. I can't believe I forgot that it was not Paul Inka. It was Burt Bacharach. See now, he's written every. I would have been puddle on the floor if that would have been the Bacharach presence. That's why she was. That's why she was losing her shit. Playing piano recital in front of Beethoven. Like you just don't do that but i that was trying to say like because he's written every song i was like he's heard a million versions like you mm-hmm. got hired you're obviously good right. these are rich people yeah not just you're in the club girlfriend singer that's right broke back right i can't believe that's who so it is funny it's I, okay i'm I, it's better that way it's yeah. so much better i probably have waited on paul anka or something that's why he was in my head but it was broke back god i because i was excited too i was like you know, I know all that shit, but I can't name one of his songs right now. Oh, yeah, <sighs> I can name them all. I can name several, but this is not what that. Just all name about. one of them because I wonder if. Um, it's what do you get if you fall in love? Oh, yeah, what yeah. about what um, about the moment? Do you know the way to San Jose? What the world needs you now yes. before you love. I yeah, do so believe many good she ones. did sing that one. <laughs> And then sometimes Rain I confuse with keep falling on my I head. know it's so good. And then sometimes I confuse him with Tom Jones. Anyways, hi, we're all seven years old. Um, <laughs> but I also waited on Buzz Aldrin, Moon Moon okay. Man. This is some level of elite. You know, we we have celeb sightings, and then now you're just talking icons. This shit's you this know old Hollywood. That's what this really shit is. is. I'm sure there was a million more people that I didn't even recognize. Like his wife had a giant purse, probably the size of like a small. Smaller than a basketball, a volleyball-sized purse that was entirely made of diamonds. It looked like <gasps> the moon. Whoa. Beautiful. Maybe they were crystals. It's a disco ball. But still, regardless, but it beautiful. looked. It was a beautiful diamond moon, and it was great. Great moon purse, Miss it was, Aldrin. It was beautiful. I couldn't stop. But yeah, I'm Do, sure I saw more legends, but wouldn't know who they I were. I mean, I feel like there's got to be like a Gabor sister in there somewhere. I'm sure uh, there was. Evie. <laughs> Zsa, was Zsa. It, Zsa and Eva. Eva Gabor, sorry. She's not Evie. Classy one. <laughs> I have to ask now, because I do find that old moneyed waspy where people are like, we pay top dollar and we love to pay so much <laughs> money for oysters Rockefeller and whatever. Do you think the food was any good? Did you eat it off plates in the back? I, oh, that was my favorite part of the night. Great. I forgot. There was one other white woman. She was an elderly French waitress. Ah, there she, we go. That's allowed. Yeah. That's allowed. And she had It some, was Jane Birkin. She, <laughs> I, another celebrity said she had weird political views. This was... Um, she was still talking about the OJ trial for some reason. It was fresh <laughs> on her mind. Because I guess we were in the neighborhood. But it was oh, years and years later. Oh, because you were close later. to Brentwood. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, oh, just think it's... This is not a French accent. I, oh, just... I can't do Hold it. Hold on. Here, tell me what you it want is to say. Uh, oh, yeah. It, there it, you go. We get into it. It is uh, it, where I am from. It is guilty until proven innocent. Right. That is why he's... Gu- democracy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know. I At that point, I wasn't really up on international politics. Mm-hmm. I'd never been to France. was like, if she says so, I don't yeah. It was the century. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> the century. It was a trial of the century. <laughs> what was her name? I can't remember. Genevieve. <laughs> but uh, she's probably a ghost. She never worked here. She never worked here. Can um, you imagine But yeah, her? the creme brulee was a fave of mine. Okay. That and some like It's white... kind of hard to fuck up. Let's be honest. That's See, I didn't know that. I disagree. I you think disagree? Okay. that you have All to right. flame would be actually yes, kind of, of harsh to me. But it's just the results are kind of like, you know, I mean, it's an eggy dessert that you yeah, fucking with sugar on top. Yeah, so I know. Good. Anyways. And I remember learning that Bogle is a good 
decent priced wine that tastes very expensive. Like and I used to drink that Chardonnay. Grocery store all the way. Totally. But it's mm-hmm. like, actually, that's what they served okay. there. And it was good. It's been a moment since I've cracked open a Bogle. Now, yeah. if you went over like a two or three glass, I, something tells me Bogle wasn't going to treat you nice the next day. Yeah, probably not. Bad yeah, Bogle but, bum. But it tastes good enough <laughs> that when people say, you know, can I bring this to a party? I'm like, it'll taste great. But uh, yeah, eating off the plates, can I, do I remember if the food was good? I really don't. It feels like so long ago. And I think back then I was, um, I mean, I still am a vegetarian, but like, I think even uh, back then I wasn't eating fish. I eat mm, fish now. Okay. So I think I was probably just like bread and butter and desserts. Mm, and all of that's well, always good. So it's like, I, I feel like this, because you're a cater waiter, so you're probably getting three choices, correct? Mm-hmm. So you're getting a fish, a, a steak, or like probably a chicken. Yeah. If you want a veggie, it's a fucking steamed vegetable plate, I'm sure. Yes, that's right. I've had a lot of steamed broccoli in the back. And there was a <laughs> lot of women that didn't eat. I mean, most of the women right? were like those old school, I eat 400 calories a day. I've never exercised, but I'm bone thin because I just yep. don't eat. And then I drink the rest of my calories. That's right. And so I, I would just cocktail take... uh, onions. Yeah, like olives. <laughs> I would just... It was just really funny. You'd see the table, like half of it, you just return back to the kitchen with an entirely full tray of dessert. And it's like, I yes. wish I had that kind of discipline and self-hatred. Yeah. Back cater waiter again, I would do it like, there's two things I love, data entry and cater waitering. It's I love it so. Turn the brain yes. off and just work. And I'm ADD and it, I get hyper-focused and it so plays to my strengths and I love it. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm sort of in between stuff right now. I, I would do it for free, but I would definitely do it for like <laughs> I have, for the money. Like, I have a friend that's a cater waiter, waiter and he makes like $50 an hour working for Marriott. Plus tips if he bartends. Plus he gets like mad discounts on like hotels across the world. Like it's a pretty good gig. I love that shit. And like I'm I'm bummed that I no longer have the perks of being in that industry where yeah. you're, you feel kind of like an ass dropping in to see, you know, um, friends who still do it. And you're like, hey, yeah, free drink. <laughs> it's also something like so different and exciting about like a cater waiter kitchen. It's like so fucking humongous and there's just giant trays everywhere. Yes. And like it's there, it's a much grander scale, especially excess. in a country club. It's drama. It's excess. <laughs> Do you know, when I first, when I moved here after the uh, Beverly Hills, whatever debacle, I was like, well, I need a daytime waitressing job mm-hmm. with actual cash tips. I'll go to what's that place? Swingers. I mean, not swingers or whatever on Beverly. Uh, yeah, mm. I think it's swingers. Okay. It's a diner restaurant. It's very cool. The bathrooms say sit and dancing instead of men and women. Ooh, did you have to perform as part of the shift? No, but oh, okay. I went in and they were kind of, it's like kind of like, you, it's almost like Fred 62 on okay. Los Angeles. Like they want you to look punky and I am punky and I thought I looked punky, but it was like, no, like extra. Like We need you to put a safety pin through your septum kind of, right now, bitch. Yeah, with yeah. like short leather skirt and like fishnets. And I was like. Oh, like I don't have a costume yeah, on. Like, like you, they were you, just kind of like you're, you're like, can't I be like Blondie Punk, where I'm like hot and just have good hair? Like, how many like, fashion safety pins do you own? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, is this LA? Is like this everywhere? Um, do you want to hear the craziest yes. story? I know this is it's oh, to yeah. do with waitressing. Oh yes, okay. please, yeah. That's perfect. I was a terrible driver because my man. parents were the type of people who were like. Okay, we'll teach you to drive, but you're going to crash. Like, that was them. <laughs> so I, like, do, you know, drive around a parking lot or whatever. And so they finally let me, like, use their car. And I'm going through no this. No driver's ed? 
I mean, I it's a drug. Oh, okay. Set, but you're supposed <laughs> Legally, to you have to. It. You're supposed to Got practice. It. Got it. Okay. And my parents are like, ah, so I barely practiced. And Jennifer. it was just them screaming, Jennifer. you're going to crash. You're yeah. going to crash. Oh, Jennifer. my mother wouldn't even get in the car. Okay. Well, my dad. So we're like, I'm driving by myself through an intersection in the town of Needham. It's not a crazy intersection. And I swear it wasn't my fault, but nobody believed me because I was the bad driver teenager. And this old man just literally went like we were both, you know, going through an intersection and he just went on a red light and crashed pretty much head on into me. He was taking a left and I was going straight. Okay. Something like that. Whatever. Just he didn't have the right of way. And he gets out of the car and he's like, this is all your fault. And no one could prove it. Nobody saw it. It was like one of those things where it was like, pretty much we have to call it even. We couldn't prove it. I can't explain it. My dad was friends with a lot of the cops in town. They came over like Ronnie's daughter, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, I was like, I don't think it's my fault. And they're like, well, let's just call it even. And then the guy was like, they were like, sir, are you drunk? And he was like, no. And I don't know why they didn't breathalyze him. And he was like, I'm going to sue you. So anyway, we got this phone call from his insurance and they wanted all this money. My parents were in hysterics. Okay, cut to. He kept saying, um, they kept being like, was anyone drinking? Everyone was saying no, no one was drinking. Cut to a week later, I'm waiting tables at Maximilian's in Newton. Oh, here we go. Him and his wife are there. It's afternoon. She's eating. He's not eating. He just had a martini. Martini. He said he was sober, as in I'm a sober person. Oh. Not just sober today. But he was like, I've been sober 20 years. You know. And I was like, <laughs> and I waited on him, and I it was like the most courage I could ever have, because we were in the middle of a... Not a lawsuit, but a, certainly a money discrepancy yeah. where he's trying to get me to pay everything. My parents were in hysterics. And now that I look back on it, who knows how much money that he was even asking for because my parents were always in hysterics. Right. But also, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like this, yeah. This it was guy. just a no fault Did accident. he know who you were while you were waiting on him? No. So, because I think he went drunk when he hit me. Yeah. So, I went over to him and I said, oh, I know you because I knew the name. Obviously, it was embedded in my brain. And I get the check and his name on the credit card and whatever. And I saw his face and I go, I'm the girl you got in the accident with. And he just went white. <gasps> and that was all I said. And I said, uh, I I made a weird little joke. Like, I understand if you don't want to give me a tip. haha, Something like that. And I was shaking. Like, that oh, took sure. all the confidence I oh, had. Oh, you had to go take a four-hour nap later that day. Yeah. yeah. And I called my dad. I said, call your cop friend and tell him this. I don't know if it can... Suddenly, all that went away. Wow. Isn't that exciting? justice. This is, I'm literally the Ivanka Trump of the working class. Daddy, tell your policeman friends. Serving while serving. (laughs) Blue collar Ivanka. Yeah. (laughs) Here's a tip. Whenever you have, whether you have an insomnia or worried Mm. about money or you're stressed or you have back pain or you think you're getting a cold or you want to whatever... Go to YouTube and Google binaural beats and then the issue you have and you play it. So there'll be these eight hour tracks like binaural beats. They tap into the, your brain waves, like your okay. alpha, theta, whatever, blah, 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 mm-hmm. delta brain waves. And you sleep and it's these, you know, it's not music. It sounds it's like for like eight hours. <laughs> and I'm dying. It really works. Like there's times when I really just am so, you know, you ever get so overtired, you can't sleep or yes. you're stressed or your neck hurts, whatever. I will put on one of these things. 
next to my head, next to my bed. I, I, I have a little Bluetooth speaker, so I, I play mm-hmm. it from my computer. I put it on the Bluetooth speaker next to my bed. I'm telling you, you will wake up feeling amazing. Wow. Carl Beats. Yeah, B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L Beats. And it taps into different brain waves. Okay. And there's different sounds. It's not just relaxing music like piano and, you know, waterfalls. It's right. actually does something to your brain waves. Wow. And it's for any issue you might have. I just got into it a couple months ago. I don't know how I found it. And the nights I don't do it, I I'm, I notice it now. It's like Google, binaural beats, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I swear there's something for it. So I do it a lot on the road when I like lactose intolerance, <laughs> narrow beats. There's like attract money in your sleep, but I do them mainly like because I'm on the road a lot, and you like, mm-hmm. you know, Just you have time to fall asleep zones, deeply. New situations, That's really exactly. helpful. Yeah, <gasps> That's it's, a, like- it's a deep sleeper. If you need a deep sleep one night, like I, I actually did it last night. I was like, I'm doing a nine to ten hour night. I put those things on, stayed under the whole Girl, time wow. it's like someone massaging your goddamn brain it sounds like that's exactly what it is wow. binaural beats folks here's a tip if you're ordering on amazon you can order through a charity page and they'll give like one cent to a charity so mine smile.amazon.com okay and it gives to i think it's a children's charity but you can pick a charity and then when you order Part of your mm-hmm. order goes to a charity. Again, it's like Jeff Bezos is a bazillionaire, and he gives the equivalent of like what we for us would be twenty dollars to charity, even though he's a multi-billionaire. But um, hey, every little thing helps. Here's a tip: I do this uh, whenever I stay in a hotel room that has a pool, and say like you're going to take advantage of uh, checking out but sneaking into the pool before you actually have to leave, which is what I love to do, so that you're not taking a really gross wet swimsuit into your car. I always either get the plastic bag that's supposed to go in the ice bucket or they're usually in the trash can in the room. There are extra clean bags folded up. Always grab one of those, stuff it in my uh, beach or pool bag, and then want to change in the bathroom. Girl, grab the laundry bag. Out of the closet. I know, but it just depends what kind it is. True. Sometimes they're cloth if it's a fancier place. Yeah. I'm with you. I hear you. But yeah, I always do either the uh, the ice bucket liner or a tiny little garbage bag. Here's a tip. If you are a parent wanting to take your child out to dinner, maybe make a little fun restaurant night at home before you go out and set some ground rules. You know, have a little fun pretend restaurant night teach some etiquette and then when you actually go out to dine you'll have a wonderful experience you know what incentivize them make it a game and someone's going to be a winner even if it's all the kids who end up being winner let them know that there is ice cream after dinner if they behave mm-hmm. there's no there's no better time to bribe a kid than I think when you're out to eat absolutely fine it's supposed to be a special night anyway bribe the shit out of that kid Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you like Sidework Podcast, please review us, give us five stars, and hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. At Sidework Podcast.